0: Branding BFF is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Speer. I'll be having authentic conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators so you can gain behind-the-scenes insights and inspiration to apply to your branded business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. Today's topic is creating your business name and tagline, and I've invited Ellen Gross to join me. She's a creative writer, consultant, and coach. There's a couple reasons why I picked her for this conversation. First off, I know she's an excellent writer, I've brought Ellen in to work with me on naming and taglines for some of my clients. She's fantastic at problem solving and makes everything work and sound better. And lastly, she's a dear friend and these conversations happen behind the scenes quite frequently. (laughs) Welcome, Ellen. Thank you, Lisa. So we like to joke around sometimes that we share a brain because we often think alike on many things. We also have some background training in common. Uh, and we collaborate really well. However, our creative process can be different at times, and we often approach things from a slightly different lens. So let's start today by talking a little bit with business naming. So first off, what are you thinking about when you initially have a naming project come to you for a business name?
1: So when I am thinking about naming a business, I am I, I'd like to have as much input as possible from the client, or if I'm working with you, with one of your clients, then you will likely already have done quite a bit of work with them on looking at what their brand personality is and looking at what's the kind of communication that they want to be uh, using. What's the voice of that communication? Are we What type of audience are we looking to reach? So I try to gather as much of that ahead of time. Um, and what I'm mostly interested in is What is it that we want the brand to convey to the consumer, to the person who's going to be purchasing the service or the product or simply listening for, uh, because it's a passion of theirs, um, and this is something that's devoted to a topic that they're interested in. What is it that we want that person to feel when they hear the name, when they hear the tagline? What do we want that to evoke for them? And then it's really a a matter of coming up with different approaches to that and seeing what resonates most for that client. What sounds best to them, speaks to them most strongly. Generally, I come up with lots and lots of possibilities and then I hone in. And then, so for example, with the kind of process that you work with, um, there are um, different categories or naming conventions. Um, that you typically use, and I will start to go back and say, okay, this falls under this, and this falls under this, and I'll see if there are gaps, or, you know, what are the strongest contenders in each of those areas to make sure that I'm giving a broad enough selection.
0: Yeah, and so let's give a couple tangible examples around that. So one of the things that um, I teach a branding class, and one of the things we talk about is actually the different ways you can approach naming, Not that everyone's going to try to name their business themselves, but to actually form some intentionality around it and to think about what direction you might want to head in. So uh, some people name businesses after their founder, you know, like Ben and Jerry's, you know, that's based after the two founders and, you know, it doesn't matter that they sold it. Their name had such brand equity that um, they've continued that name on and but then there's also more descriptive, and that bucket is more things like a Toys R Us or a Crunch Fitness. So people are already starting to imbue in the description or the business name. You have an idea of what that business is about. So Ben and Jerry's, you just know the names. It doesn't say what type of business. Like a Duke Energy is you got oh it's an energy company okay I get that you know it's a founder name plus it starts getting a little descriptive. Mm-hmm. The Crunch Fitness or the Toys R Us, you start getting the idea of like, okay, you know, fitness, toys, you already know the bucket that you're working in. Mm-hmm. The actual way you name is, is a little more organic. And then you, after the fact, kind of come back and look at it more with an editor's eye, so to speak. Can you describe a little bit more about that?
1: It's very true. It's I remember back in school where they would teach us how to write papers and you were supposed to come up with an outline and a topic sentence and then your bullet points under each one and then write your paper. And that's never how I did it. I wrote the paper and then out of that I extrapolated out my outline. So it, it's very similar in that I gather information i i'm listening for what are the key points what is it that is um, essential to be conveyed and there are certain words that are just going to start to naturally line up with that so that's my starting point and then i go to the th- thesaurus and i look up those words and i start reading through all the synonyms and different words because of the sound because of what it evokes. Um, you know, words have denotation and connotation. So I'm looking for the connotation of what's all of the rest that it brings to the party. It's not just strictly a definition. You use the word evocative, and that's a word I love
0: as well for naming. Um, I like to think of, you know, like Greyhound or a Staples. You start to have an idea that there's something maybe fast or something that is um, office related. But it evokes something. You're not really sure. It's only over time that people understand what that business name means. Or, as we're going to be talking about in a little bit, um, a tagline can really help support an evocative naming style. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But a really fun one, and I know you've talked about coming up with all these different words, a really fun one that can be useful is the mashup category. It's like where you're actually taking two words and putting them together to form an entirely new word or business name. So we think about, you know, like YouTube or Instagram, a local business here is, or a nonprofit, I should say, is DigiBridge. Um, so all of a sudden you're starting taking pieces of words and putting them together to create something brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that's particularly much easier to do when you start doing your process like you've talked about where you start putting all these names on the table and start thinking like, what could that word mean and what's an associated word and what could that
1: actually continue to start building a story? Exactly. I'm looking for the biggest bang for the buck. So if something can be read on multiple levels, that's more bang. Yeah, right. And so in some instances that we we probably get to, you know, there's something that uh, functions as both a noun and a verb, right? Or it could be something that has just more than one meaning and both meanings will apply. Um, So that kind of thing is, um, you're just getting more mileage out of Something uh, out of the word, out of the the name.
0: Yeah, and then there's a whole category where people make up names, or they leverage a name that is, you know, from another country or another language, and they build or play off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know some people might know the story that you know Hagen is actually a made up word, and um, I think you've you've read that same story where absolutely people tell. Go ahead and tell a little bit about it.
1: Oh, just that. People think that it's an actual thing from, I believe, Sweden and, and, and how it's pronounced because of the two dots over the A and, and you know, the the way that it's uh, spelled and written. And I think even at one point they might have had a, a, f- a flag on the packaging and they were asked to remove that because it isn't from another country. It's from New Jersey, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it sounds... Um, you know, European at at the very least, and and sounds like uh, that sort of gives it a certain cachet. It's a little bit more exotic. It's, uh, you know, generally considered probably a little more unusual than something from New Jersey, for example.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, and then there's um, Google, for example, you know, completely made up. But now we use it as a a verb. verb. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We're going to Google something. Um, So it's interesting how a made-up word, and I call it more than that enigmatic category, um, can actually, you can build meaning over time. And of course, in the beginning, it has no meaning. You actually have to
1: build the story. Right. But if it's something that's fun or memorable, and there are things even within, if you're making up a word or a name, then you can actually look at what are the sounds, and sounds have um, feelings behind them as well, so you can pull it together, so, you know, google you've got the repetition of the g mm-hmm. so that makes it easy and it's not that far off there's lots of things that you can do creatively if you're going to invent something
0: yeah now that's a really great point so another thing that i know you really like is alliteration so let's talk a little bit about for you
1: what that also provides in naming right so alliteration is uh not a necessity but it's fun and it adds the it adds to the memorability of uh, a word or a phrase. I think there's something about hearing the sound repeated. Um, it's almost like you get more than one impression in a single impression. Um, so again, it, it amplifies for you the, the the impact can, and it's also um, it's the kind of thing that you are more likely to remember it because even if you only remember part of it you know that you're sort of in that same family so it, it, it tends to pull it back to you more quickly and recall is huge yes right if you if you're looking to build a brand and name recognition in general recall and recognizability have got to be your top among your top concerns so it's already stacking that deck for you
0: yeah, and one we worked on together was
1: Coactive Capital, mm-hmm. and
0: that one was a perfect example of the alliteration.
1: Not only alliteration, but you've got the K sound three times in there, so it's it, it really emphasizes it. And then another direction is
0: the dual meaning, which we started getting a little bit into. Um, we worked on another brand business together. Um, why don't you tell that story about the nonprofit?
1: Right, so this was an example where um, a a woman was um, creating a, a non-profit really based on a passion of hers, a lifelong passion, something that she just wants to delve more deeply into and share and provide access to the community as much as possible. It was in the realm of theater. And so we were talking about all different words that are related to theater and spotlight and stage and all different things that you would, that would bring to mind the idea of theater. Um, But what is really fun for me is in the naming process. And I I will, as I said, I'll generate lots and lots of different options and different names, but these are not my actual children. So I am allowed to have favorites. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I'll come to, uh, you know, one will sort of come into my mind and I'll think, Oh, this is it. This is definitely the best or at least my favorite. Um, And so in this particular instance, uh, the name was Entrance. And what's wonderful about it is that, so if you see it written through your logo design, the T has been emphasized so that you actually pronounce it more readily as Entrance. But it could also read as Entrance. And so both aspects of that were relevant to what we wanted to convey, um and so you know it an entrance theaters have an entrance where you actually come in but also there's what provides you the access the entrance into this world but then entrance so th- good theater transforms and transports you and so and it does entrance you at least for the time that you're there and perhaps long thereafter um so it worked on multiple levels And it was all packed into one word, which was awesome. Um, And then allowed for that brand name to then be expanded for different aspects. So um, the website is in Trance Productions, um, but the podcast is in Trance Theater Talk. And if she decides to expand into another area, it will carry forward.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing that's really great, you started alluding to it with um, how the logo was developed as well, but... One of the things that this particular project was great because we were really looking at how can the name, the tagline, the visuals, the logo, the tone of voice, the artwork, everything needs to work together to be help it be cohesive, help it feel like it's the same brand, no matter which facet that you're actually engaging with. So if you're seeing something versus listening to a podcast <laughs> versus um, taking a flyer, that it should still feel like it's a part of the same brand, business, nonprofit, service business, whatever it is that you're engaging with. You want to feel like it all gels together.
1: Yeah, it all reinforces the same identity, right? Yeah. So all of it should be cohesive. All of it should build on itself um, and ideally become something that that voice and that perspective and that imagery is recognizable as belonging to this endeavor.
0: Well, I think that's the perfect segue into the tagline. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that specific tagline, and then we'll talk about taglines in a little bit bigger way. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the naming of this
1: tagline? Um, so the tagline there is making theater approachable and inspiring. So theater is a fairly broad category. There could be all different ways that you would be uh, approaching that as a topic and this lets you know this is our intention this is what we're doing with this why we're speaking about theater Um, so it serves to clarify and give focus um, and hopefully helps self-identify for the audience oh yes this is something I want
0: exactly that's a great way to say it let's take a second Um, what do you say the purpose of a business tagline is
1: well, the tagline is designed to uh, either further explain if the name of the business is not self-explanatory to give greater context. It's in support of whatever the brand name is. Um, so it may go into more detail. It may just add additional emphasis. Um, or it could be something that's playful and meant to engage you um, in a way that the name of the brand may or may not have already done. If, if that's a strong uh, emphasis within the business to speak with a particular um, attitude, then the tagline can serve to underline that.
0: So I love what you just said, because when I teach my class, I break it into three things and you actually hit all of them without the framework. Right. So I love it. It's like the organic piece versus Mm -hmm. the structured piece. Yes. So I always think about it like it's a way to help clarify the business. Mm -hmm. If the name itself is a little more evocative or it's like, um, you know, the enigmatic realm. So you if you need, didn't know you, what
1: Google was, you yeah, need something that you, told you what that was.
0: Yeah. In the beginning, like that was something that was, it was a made up word. It's gibberish. So <laughs> you need to help <laughs> clarify the business. I think about like on a business card, if someone's walking away, they might remember your name and they might remember your business name from the business card. But if if the name doesn't actually express what you do or your business, your title doesn't express what you do, you have to have that tagline to help people make that association and be like, oh, yeah, that's that person. I want to call them because this is the type of business that they're up to. Uh, But then there's the listing the benefit to the consumer. So that's another thing. Like, it helps support the business. Mm -hmm. And then um, you talked about the tone and the attitude. And for me, I would, you know, say it in the words of it would help express the brand personality.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You know, people talk about their elevator pitch or their 30-second pitch, and your tagline is almost a mini version of that yeah it's if you're gonna distill it to just a couple of words or you know four or five words at the at most I would say that's what you're conveying and I think a business that does
0: it exceptionally well is Nike the just do it I mean that's a brand personality right like there's a lot of attitude built in there it kind of ties to um, it has a philosophy spirit. it's the philosophy it's all built in and it's three words exactly. I'm going to pull out a national brand for a second. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one that's clarifying the business is De Beers. Mm -hmm. Uh, A diamond is forever. Right. So if you just heard De Beers, if you came to it blindly, you had never heard of that business before, you wouldn't know what they do.
1: Beverage company, maybe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Diamond is Forever actually helps really clarify and uh, gets across that idea of longevity, too. It's not just the idea of a diamond. Right, because right?
1: they're asking you to make a sizable investment, generally speaking, if you're purchasing a diamond. So it, it implies that it amortizes. Exactly. <laughs> or, or that perhaps it... Serves to uh, um, have long lasting already be in the mindset. This is not something that's haphazard or casual. This is a commitment. Yeah. Usually.
0: A double level commitment. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what else do you have that you wanted to talk about and
1: share? Um, So, in in terms of taglines, I, you know, the the work that I do when I I do. uh, writing. Uh, writing. I do consulting. I also uh, am a trained coach. So I, I work with people in lots of different ways. Um, and what I'm looking to do in general, and so what the tagline is, um, is to enhance and elevate your business. Because whichever pathway we're taking and whichever format we're working in, that's the objective as far as I'm concerned. And that's what I would be able to bring. And, and there's lots more behind that, and different ways that that might show up. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking to do. I, I, I'm one of those leave things better than you found them people in general. <laughs> and so in the world of business, that's how that gets expressed uh, for me. Um, I remember I working with someone who had been working in one of the large firms in New York, and working with big data and decided that he wanted to strike out on his own now. And be able to utilize the tools and the information that he was familiar with, but bring that in an accessible format to smaller businesses. And so uh, what we came up with was the down and dirty of big data um, as a way to just have it be approachable, not so intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the nitty gritty. This is the the, the essence or the kernel of of, and, and here's how you're going to apply it. Um, and that whole
0: idea of it being approachable ties into like a brand personality.
1: Exactly, exactly. If you've come, if you're coming out of a very structured, large-scale corporate world, and now you want to work with entrepreneurs or smaller businesses and people who have had a dream but don't ha- haven't yet launched that, and this is something that would be of benefit to them, they can't afford to hire the big firm, and it's perhaps confusing and, and probably intimidating to deal with it on your own. So he was going to be the conduit for that.
0: That's fantastic. So are there any other final thoughts you have around naming whether someone's going to hire somebody or they're going to try to do it themselves?
1: Well, it depends what kind of facility you have with language to start with. There are people who are more language oriented people and people who find that to be a lot trickier. So if it's already a playground for you if it's something that you already enjoy and find yourself doing automatically anyway i literally go into a restaurant and read the menu and think no they should have said it this way <laughs> <laughs> so it's on automatically all the time that's the way my car pulls automatically um, if that's you then maybe you do want to um do some of that on your own, and there, and there are things that you can find online and, and other resources, books, and and uh, probably people in your own network that you could reach out to, to um, act as your little um, survey of you know, how does this sound to you, how does this land for you, what does this bring up for you when you hear this, what do you think of? Um, but if that's not so much your forte, then it's really in your best interest, considering how important. The name of your business is your your brand in general, your tagline. In terms of acting as your ambassador, getting the word out, letting people it's your it's your billboard. It's what tells people, hey, this is available, and if this speaks to you, then we're the right. We could be a great resource for you. Um, so it's it's pretty important. Um, it, it can. It's not necessarily that likely that it's going to do you a disservice, although that certainly can happen. And we recently had a conversation with uh, someone else where we both had that visceral, oh, gosh, no, don't name your business that. That's going to give people the completely wrong idea. (laughs) (laughs) They're
0: going to want to hire you for all the wrong things. Yes, they're
1: going to be expecting something that you're not intending. That's not... We'll
0: leave it to your imagination what that is. (laughs) However,
1: generally, what you're going to wind up with might be something that's just sort of more... Neutral, inoffensive, but maybe bland or maybe just not something that springs to mind. Um, a good name, a good brand, um, it's something that jumps into your head whenever that topic comes up. Um, and so it's worth investing in that. Um,
0: it, if, it's it's why also like if a, a name is hard to say mm mm-hmm. Or hard to remember, it's like, why would you start
1: there? <laughs> right. How many obstacles do you want to set up <laughs> for your customer exactly right it's It's one thing to have your unique selling proposition and have lots of barriers to entry for your competitors, but not for your customer, for your customer. it should be the natural, the easiest possible pathway that leads them in at least into having the conversation,
0: yeah, the other thing that I always think about too is. You know, there are a lot of things that people have to check when they're naming their business now that they didn't have to in the past. You think about, um, well, obviously a website. Like there's a lot of people that just purchase website domains and park them. They don't actually have a business named that. They Mm -hmm. just buy the domain name so that they can hopefully sell it to you down the line for a big markup. Um, You have to think about actually your social handles. If you engage in social media as part of your marketing strategy or as part of your way of connecting with your potential audience, that that is a consideration as well. Mm -hmm. So not only are those two things much more, um, they're, they're trickier because there's just so many people lifting those and grabbing those things because it sounds cool. It may or may not actually be their business name for social handles. And then URLs, that's the whole money-making enterprise for some people. But then there's also like, what, what are your competitors doing in the next state over? Like if you actually want to expand your business down the line, is that name actually workable and viable, or does someone else already have that trademark? So that's another whole level um, that is something that we always think about, we are not lawyers, we are not the people actually creating trademark registrations, but we're always doing at least a pass to see, like, does it seem like this potentially could be in conflict? Um, And then making sure that people can also talk to their own lawyer and figure out, okay, is it worth actually getting a trademark registration? Or do I feel like, no, I feel pretty good about this one. But we at least like to raise it as a concern and consideration for people to be thinking about.
1: Yes, and it's also just beneficial to know if that if it already is trademarked or if there is already a business that has that name or something quite similar to it. Whether or not it's going to be a problem right now, it's good to just know for moving forward. I mean, we, we recently worked uh, with a client and um, – I think I came up with about 37 possible names, (laughs) (laughs) literally, and then did a preliminary uh, check against all of the URLs and against um, the government database to see if there there was a a trademark there. Um, And even because this was a product product, based business, uh, did a search on Amazon just to see, um, cause we knew they were going to sell on Amazon. Exactly. So for each uh, of those possible names, and then we culled it down to here are our, our top 10, 10 that, that we recommend that we like and, you know, worked from there. But at least the client knew going in, all of these are potentials as in they're available. Some of them were great names but somebody had parked the URL and wanted thousands and thousands of dollars to be able to purchase it. So you have to decide:
0: is it is, worth is it? that in my
1: budget? <laughs> um, you're right, exactly. There, there's pros and cons. You know, how how attached am I to this particular name? And so for me, that's a conversation around you know scarcity and generosity as a, as a context. If I come in and and I've Come up with a, a, a good number of name possibilities, then you don't have to be that attached to this particular one. It, there's another one that's going to accomplish everything you're hoping and looking for um, that doesn't have those same obstacles.
0: Yeah, and it's very different than a business owner trying to name it themselves and coming up with one name and then being disappointed that exactly. they find out later that it's already taken when they're about ready to get started with the branding and the, you know, registering their business as an LLC, all those things. Uh, The other thing that I think is important is that, you know, it really should in some way connect to the the vision, long-term vision. So you might not know exactly where your business is headed to the totality, right? We all have an idea when we start something, like we have a general idea But it is important to also think about, like, is this a business that I may want to sell someday? Well, if that's the case, I may not want to use my own name in the business name. If I actually think that this is going to be something I want to build some brand equity in, there's going to be, like, an actual resale value down the line you may not want your name attached.
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) Or if your business is going to expand to include additional products or services that it's not currently, but you have it in mind that long-term, then you need a name that has some legs that is going to carry for those or that has natural extensions that would relate back to it and would make sense.
0: And that's where the whole thing about a tagline, it is much easier to change a tagline than it is to change a business name. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, that's something that every so often you know i know when i um started this particular business my tagline was building authentic brands mm-hmm. but what I realized over time was that I wasn't just working with new businesses. I was doing a lot of brand strategy with existing businesses Mm -hmm. and helping them strengthen their brand. So I actually switched it to authentic branding that connects. It's all about connecting with the audience. It's all about connection as in a brand should be clear, cohesive, and compelling. It has to connect together and Mm -hmm. it has to connect with your audience. And so I just switched my tagline and it allowed me to still keep authenticity at the center. It still allowed me to keep doing the work I'm doing, but it actually painted a better picture of the state of the business and the offerings.
1: Sure. As a business grows and evolves or refines, um, you know, it, there are pivots that happen. Yeah. And the tagline can address that, right? But the overall brand equity of remembering the name of the business, so long as it's still within the same field, the same industry, that's going to carry over pretty well.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much, Ellen, for your time. This was a great conversation and I'm sure we'll continue this one offline as we do.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: And for anyone who wants to connect with Ellen around business naming and taglines, you can actually reach out to me at spearcreativeedge.com and I will get you connected to Ellen. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks for joining the Branding BFF crew. Subscribe to stay connected to more behind the scenes brand conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators. We also welcome your rating and review on iTunes so more people can find us. This show is brought to you by Spear Creative Edge, a strategic branding business. We help small business owners build a strong brand foundation so they can connect with their ideal clients and use their time, money, and energy more effectively. Learn more at spearcreativeedge.com.